Before we kick this show off, let's hear a word from our sponsors. Under Pressure Outdoors is brought to you in part by Hasmore Outdoor Products. Hasmore Outdoor Products manufactures quality replacement seats for a multitude of climber brands as well as a host of other products built with the hunter in mind. Take it from us. Your butt will thank you, and you'll be able to spend more hours in your stand. Hop over to their website by clicking on the link in the podcast description and order the Tree Stand Trick Out Kit for your stand today, and you'll have everything you need to hunt longer and harder. Make sure you use code UPO15 at checkout to get 15% off your next order. I'm your host, Will Krebs, and this is the Under Pressure Outdoors Podcast. That, that sounded like someone pouring out a bottle of water. Yeah, it did. Was that a burp? That's exactly what. Sort that of. Was. It was more of a just letting the gas out without any force. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if it went out or in. It's kind of a. We probably started out and ended in. <laughs> a little re-equilibrium. I don't know if I could do that again. That was your burp. Yeah, it was not mine. Am I supposed to like you know swish this thing around every time before I drink You're it? You're supposed to drink it. Look at mine. That's like his fourth well, glass. Being that Stop. white wine shouldn't really, it's probably hey, not going to give you many legs. Don't worry, Mac won't listen to this, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> I I brought up the whole uh, that white wine's not bad. I know we talked about it at one point blunk. about about doing like the the wives thing. He's like, yeah, Mac's not allowed for a podcast. Two years in the running. Mac was not about it. She was like, no, because then I might say something about you because during hunting season, I literally can't stand you. That's perfect. I was like, babe, but you tell me you miss me. She's like, yeah, I miss you. But at the same time, I don't want to see you because you drive me freaking crazy. That's that's perfect because, uh, I mean, you're in a good boat. My wife can't stand me uh, 24-7. So, so I don't know if you just during hunting season. Yeah, and that's all right because me and Katie talked about it the other night, and she's like, I, "Do you even like me anymore?" Because the only thing you talk about twenty four seven is hunting. She's I, like, "You get home from hunting, you talk about hunting. You're not hunting, you talk about when you're going hunting again." I'm like, "Well, you that, tell her, you just hey, you know what, darling, hunting season's over here in another month or so, and then when that's over." Fishing Turkey season, season we'll begins. Fishing. Yeah. <laughs> season's not over until <clears throat> April. No, you look at her square in the face and you get real intimate and you tell her straight to her face, listen, honey, you will always be second in my life. That's <laughs> <laughs> what so she knows now because once you get married, you're, I mean, you're done. I'm not yeah. even married, but I feel like I'm married. We're you're good. getting there. Hey, she, we are a full understanding of what goes on in the month of November every single year. Month of November, it's been the whole dang deer season yeah, for me. I've been chasing public land. We're getting you on public land next year. I'm okay. You want me to give you some notes on on when to knock her up? That way, your kids are born outside hunting season. Um, I can count the nine and I'm subtract. Just saying, and add. Man. I think I'll be all right. But yeah, but I got two of them a day apart. All I know is February. Three years. Is a two no year. Go. Two years. Three hundred and sixty-four days. No way. Mm-hmm. Damn. 
Yeah. That's impressive. He's got it down. That's impressive. Yeah. Sniper. 17 and 18. Wow. Yes, sir. One day when your son is old and hunting all the time, he's like, man, I'm glad I don't have a fall birthday. Thanks, Dad. But see, now, <coughs> I'm glad I do have a fall birthday, right? Because my wife's like, what do you want to do for your birthday? I'm like, go to the woods. Mm. <laughs> She's like, you don't want to? I'm like, nope. nope I, all, I also have a fall birthday. Yeah. So I understand. <laughs> Mine's in February. It's in that weird, like, Nothing I guess I can, yeah, I guess I can squirrel hunt. I'm February 3rd. When are you? He said, he said that. That's, hey. I guess I can squirrel hunt. My son's the 6th. Amanda's the 17th. You can come over and we celebrate our, and then my brother-in-law is like 13th or something. We all have our birthday on the same day. Amanda's the 17th. <clears throat> I got a, a dang, Brandon's. Halloween. Oh, you're one day from being a November guy like me. <clears throat> I'm just superior. Well, you know, you're definitely scarier. You can't kid me. <laughs> <laughs> You know that sucked when you were a little kid. Come over for my birthday party. No, I'm going trick or treat. Oh no, all the kids brought the candy. Kid, it sucks as a kid. Sucks as an adult. Uh, uh, The only time it was great was like before I when I before I had kids and I was married as an adult. Because then people are like, come to my Halloween party, BYOB. I'm like, it's my birthday. I'm drinking your beer. Amen. And they let you do that because it's your birthday. These are good friends. Those are really good friends. You just show it's, up and start drinking birthday. their beer. Yeah, I just but it's my do that. Birthday. I just kind of do that to my friends anyway. Hey, hey, no, hey, Jordan has a Jordan has a. Uh, I do a have a stash. stash at Hunter's house. He's got a stash in my fridge, knowing that I'm not going to drink the Miller that's in my fridge, and I'm not going to drink those weird ass orange th- beer IPA things that he brought over. <laughs> they will be there until he comes over. I again. love it because, like, the other day, what? Oh, when me and Easton went over there, I just walked over there and grabbed a beer out of his fridge, and I was like, "This is my beer, anyways." So. I'm gonna yeah, drink. Fair enough. Have at it. <clears throat> well, I mean, that is a weird opening. Holy rabbit hole! Right. <laughs> we just, we yeah. just dove right down into the depths of it <clears throat> to begin with. Yeah. Before we get too far into the podcast, can we talk about stuff we got coming up that always gets yeah table till the end? Let's do it right up yeah. front after that opening. Uh, number one, if you're not part of the Unfresh Outdoors Nation group, you should join there's a link in the bottom of the podcast description that says upo social media <clears throat> one of those links says upo nation or under pressure outration i can't remember what i put it on so on facebook join the group uh when we reach 2,000 members we're currently at uh uh 1100 i believe something like that 1.1 thousand we reached two i've got a dang garmin gp grab that gps over there jordan tell me what it is I do that know beer was that empty. I knocked it over. It is a Garmin 64 ST or Garmin Map 64 ST. It's a dang nice little GPS. Yeah. Sleek, rugged, high performance handheld GPS receiver, wireless connectivity, Topo US, 100K maps, and bird's eye satellite imagery. And then a half dozen Tangle Free Pro Series wood ducks. Things sweet, man. Love that. Which Hunter's sticking it in his pocket. No. Hey, guess what? The sweepstake is over. Dude, so I was totally going to buy an Onyx card to put on it. You don't need it. No, but it makes it... You get all your property owner information. Can you, you, oh, you can put Onyx on that thing? You used to be able to. Onyx used to sell little cards to go in it. Like a SIM card, But they card, don't right? have any for Florida anymore. Really? What? They quit selling them. I wonder why. 
Well, I mean, there's we're just so badass. The cards, the cards are the card. There's a lot of states they quit making them. There's a lot of states uh, they don't have them for. There's only a few left that they still have, and they're selling them at a discounted rate. But <clears throat> the thing with the cards is, like, say you bought the card today, and then I sold my house tomorrow. Well, for eternity, they'll tell you that I own this property. Oh yeah, fair enough. Right, it's not gonna. It's not gonna update the card. Oh, because it doesn't like auto update like your phone. Correct. I got you. Okay. Correct. It's kind of like those old. Uh, what were they called? Tom Toms that went on your dash. Yeah, and then you like you, you, they changed the road, and you're like, I'm driving through a field. Yeah, my yeah. stepmom has has one still. It's like just <clears throat> just laid around since. That beats a beer pop. We used to use it back in the day when we were riding around oh, Honda Accord, but it's hilarious because you'd be driving like you said, and you'd be like, I'm in the middle of a field, and it's it's like a highway. <laughs> That being said, this comes out. The last small game hunt we have is in Seminole State Forest coming it's up. It's going to be a good one. On. It's in January. I know that. I well, if you join the Facebook, year. you'll be able to see it. Yeah. Yep. You'll know ahead of time. Coming up on January 21st. So. <clears throat> so you're about a month out, yeah. at least. Yeah. Yeah. Outside of uh, our small game hunt that we have, we have our Swanee trip coming up. And that's next year, uh, what's it, March? It is May. May 3rd through the 7th Correct. for the five-day. Um, if you're going to come on that, it is $30. I would suggest joining the page because I have all the information there. But $30 for your outfitter, which is the person that comes and picks you up and drives you all the way back to your vehicle. Okay? $50 for night two. Because we're trying to rent cabins at Lafayette Blue States or Lafayette Blue Springs State Park, right? Which would be kind of nice to be in a cabin on the second night. And then uh, if you're going to rent a canoe, and you're not paying us for this, what, what I'm fixing to tell you, you're gonna pay the outfitter. It's $145 for a canoe. So that's for the whole five days, correct? All the whole five days, yep. <clears throat> and then you have an additional parking fee at Swanee River State Park. Jim was fixing to say something. I was going to say, you could split the canoe with another fellow. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah, probably yeah. something you definitely want to do, especially if the wind is blowing out of the east. Yeah. Out of the west. I, I, dude, I've done it one year in a canoe by myself, and I completely regret it. Last year, uh, with William in the canoe with me, it was a breeze. It was awesome. Yeah, he rode up front, I'm guessing. Not rode in the back. He rode in the back. I'm talking about him. Oh, yeah, oh, I rode did. up front. Yeah. 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 Um, he was having to reach down to put his paddle in the water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was, uh, it's a blast. You don't want to miss it. And bring your beetle spins. Yeah, bring lots of beetle spins. Oh, now listen to this. Have you, have you been brought up to speed on the beetle spin? Like Matt is having some custom beetle spins made. I am, I am unaware. So he knows a guy that makes lures, fishing lures, and he's, <clears throat> uh, what's what I'm looking for? has gone to him to have him make some reached out to him custom beetle spins that's not the word i'm looking for but no. has gone to him to make some custom beetle spins that are crawfish ah i understand why yeah, a little tiny crawfish because we found that little tiny crawfish in that giant speck mouth yeah no this should be good man i i wish so this year will be the first year that i either won't attend which sounds kind of weird as the founding father but I'm going to do everything I can to get up there for the first day, but I got two sons graduating college, so uh, you will be Saturday. missed, Jim. If you don't, congratulations make it. to you on that one. That's awesome. Yeah, 
Give me that can. You're about to toss the top one. That's your dip empty in can. So you you know I mean, well you could do what Sydney did last year, right? That's what I'm going to probably That's, do. Yeah. Pull out at Lafayette. Yeah. And I'm glad to hear you guys are in the cabins because I might actually stick around then. Because otherwise, I was thinking, man, I'm going to have to jump out of Lafayette and then drive four and a half hours home. That's our plan is is to get a cabin. Um, yeah. and, and I'm asking people to come on with it right now, man, because like the cabins are gonna sell out. We already have five people paid up for cabins. That's why I told Jim. I was like, dude, five. We we I posted that and like five people paid. Um, comes down. So they've already all. thrown down eighty bucks for the cabin and the and the trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. All right, I'll yeah. do that. If it, if it comes down to it, I will be in Jordan's sleeping bag. Okay. Just gonna throw that out there. I thought you're not you were coming. gonna be in it. You're gonna be in a wedding. No, that's not, the not month. In May. His wedding is in, in March. May. His wedding's in March. Oh. oh, Hunter's gonna be there. I'll be there okay. in May. What? What do I? I can't kill deer in May. I mean, without being frowned upon. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so I figured legally spend the weekend with y'all. That did nice week, week weekend, five days, depending on work schedule. Five days. I'll make it work days. regardless. It's it's. Yeah. I mean, it's a you know leave. We'll leave after work. Listen, Tuesday. listen. After all the fun I saw on the last trip, just from the Snapchat videos I got from Jordan and and everything else I saw, <laughs> I think I will quit my job to go on the trip. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty awesome. One of my wife's favorite TikToks or YouTubes of all time is when Jordan was on that first year and he's talking about on the Swanee and what he caught and he pulls up the crown bottle. Yeah. It's a, it's a day, yeah. Today's catch. Yeah. It's catch of the day. Well, don't forget also that somewhere in between our small game hunt and the Swanee, we got oh, a, we we got got a little, the, work, little work cut out for us. We got the crawfish bowl. We well, need we to got, get that We got too. wood duck boxes. Yeah. Uh, we got to get the wood duck boxes put out, and that's going to happen. I think we said with the end of February, somewhere in February. Probably two weekends. Probably yeah. the last weekend in February and the first weekend in March, and sometime between now and then. Twist tomorrow, we actually got to go out in the water, maybe have a couple of cocktails, and figure out exactly where we're going to put those things, so we can have maps and just hand them to fellows and say, "Drive your pole here, hang your box here, and send us a picture." That's easy enough. But uh, that project yeah. ought to be pretty cool because really, it's just a day on the water. Driving around, installing duck boxes, and uh, helping to facilitate better duck hunting for the future. Yeah. And on top of that, uh, we got some tickets to the... <clears throat> We're going to sell tickets to the Village's Ducks Unlimited Banquet in... What's the date for that? Do we have a date for that yet? April 21. April 21. So, you buy tickets from us, and we pay Ducks Unlimited... And then you get to sit with the Under Pressure Outdoors crew in our own series of tables. Yes, sir. Yep. We'll be gangsters. Pause. Yeah. To pee real quick. You can just get up and go pee. Yeah, you could have just walked out and peed. <laughs> I, I don't yeah, we're not pausing that. A whole bunch of noise and all that, and just, then you got to edit it out. No, I'm we don't. it in there. Yeah. But the Ducks Unlimited thing, uh, again, props to Joey Lyon, who's one of the hardest working men in Florida conservation. Uh, he helped us source some of the material for the duck boxes. Um, some of it. And he helped to source a lot of it. Yeah. That'll be in Sumterville at Silo Oaks on, I think, about 6 o'clock on Friday, which is even better because a lot of Ducks Unlimited dinners and whatnot happen Wednesday. So it'll be Friday, and I can tell you for certain, there will be a bottomless cup option. So you may want to. 
It's the you best. may want to have somebody drop you off. I say it's the best and the worst option for the Ducks Unlimited Banquet. Is is the bottomless cup? But you can take it home. I mean, I have two of them. Bring your bottomless cup and your bottomless wallet. It's all mm-hmm. going for a good cause. Yeah, I think that pretty much true. covers covers what we got coming up. Yeah, right? I do want to say though, um, we haven't said it in a while. If if you, I don't care what platform you listen to us on. I'm glad you listened to us. Please, 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 please go to Apple Podcast and leave us a review. And unless you can leave it wherever you you listen, I know like I listen on Spotify. Spotify doesn't actually let you type up a review, but it does let you give a five star. Yeah, so now, yeah. so give us a five star on Spotify or whatever you think we deserve. And if if we don't deserve a five star, tell us why we don't deserve a five star. Um, but leave us a review. Use your stars. If you can type in wherever you listen, type in and leave us an actual review. I'm not going to lie. Like, I have no problem how many stars you give us, but when you just hit two stars and roll out and don't tell me why you don't like it, 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 it kind of just irks me the wrong yeah. way. Because I want to know, I want to know, what, what can I do to improve? Yeah. Right? Uh, a, a place, if you really wanted to go to and, and write a review, even if you don't Google. listen to it, Chartable. Chartable, what is that? Chartable, Chartable is, is they they you know chart podcasts and everything else across the globe, which helps us push us. <clears throat> Chartable is the podcast ranking site, right? They tell you you know where you rank in podcast globally. Chartable is the one that tells me we're like number ninety seven in Spain for outdoors podcasts or whatever. Yeah, Woo! we're in Spain. Love that. Spanish. Hey, internationally so known. I looked at known our. Uh, the microphone. I looked at our analytics for TikTok the other day, and we have like, I want to say we're like two percent in United Kingdom. So, hey, <laughs> that's probably the curry post. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's make TikTok. Him no, that's TikTok. That's oh not. yeah. But um. If you guys can write us a review, especially on Apple Podcasts, because that is like the biggest hosting platform or broadcasting platform out there, and they do allow you to write a review, uh, we love we have we haven't had any new reviews in in, in quite a while. Yeah, no. enough begging. They don't let me. They don't let me write another one. I've already written one, so gotta get another phone. I would just do it once a week. Just get a burner. I got a work phone. You want to use it? So, yeah. Start walking up to people when you're like at McDonald's. Can I use your phone? I'm like, yeah. hey, yeah. <laughs> hey, do you have uh, you have an iPhone? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Let me see that real quick. Yeah. <laughs> hey, can my I, phone's dead. Can I borrow yours? Can I hold it? Yeah. How, how many computers you got at the office? Oh, I have um, plenty. There you go. <laughs> I, I did. I would just have to have the logins for all of them. That, that's what would get me. Just get your friends. It's it's funny. You go, you know, Schwab.com and. You look at my email and it's like under pressure outdoors. Under I mean, if outdoors. you really love us, <laughs> if you if you really love us and you, you've got an iPhone family and you've already written a review, you could always you know go to Use your family your, and write another one. Your get, kids, your take bodies. your kids, take your kids' phone away from them. First things first, that'll probably do some good. And then write a review. And then when you ask them if they listen to the podcast and they say no, you keep their phone. Subscribe. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to use this. As a, uh, and sorry to the host here, I'm going to use this to roll into it. You say take your kids' phones. You know what happens when a kid grows up without a phone? You shoot booners like uh, Florida Boy Outfitters right here, (laughs) Hunter Rotarius. So, I had a phone. I mean, we're, (laughs) yeah, yeah, but, you know, flip phones and having smartphones now are. So, I'm your host, Will Krebs. We got Jimmy here tonight. 
Yes, sir. We got Jordan. I'm here. Let's get it. We've got Hunter Rotary's Florida Outfitters. I'm not going to say you're a, like a, a special guest anymore because you're really a. I do have regular. to say he has a shirt, and I, I don't like that I don't have one of these. Uh, this is a one of one. Literally, it's a one of one. I like it. There was one made, and guess what? This is it's this one. <laughs> <laughs> and it was not made very well either. So, anyways, how y'all doing? But, uh, I mean, we're here to talk whitetail deer hunting. We're here to talk about, obviously, uh, if you don't already know, Hunter shot uh, this. I mean, <clears throat> my personal opinion, he would have been better next year, but it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to agree. You know, five and a half is one of those years where they don't grow a whole lot the next year. So I figured, you know, what's the difference between 160 and 170? <laughs> <laughs> He's over here shooting them baby deer. Yeah. yeah. Only listen. it was what only uh, only like mid one sixties. So nah, he he's gonna he's gonna score like right at one sixty. I had a guy as bad as I hate to say it. I wish my dad was an official scorer because the score'd be a little better. But I had a guy actually officially score him, and he was just like right at one sixty, just under one sixty, one fifty nine and five eights. I think one sixty. That's what I said. I mean, the 160-inch deer. South yeah. Georgia. No, yeah, not Ohio. Not Illinois. Not Kansas. South. I'm sorry. I got I got blasted for this. South. I said South Georgia. Okay, I'll give you Central Georgia. But not Atlanta. Who, who, blast, who <laughs> uh, man, blasted you I was going to say, I Dude, still... I have had some of the most hateful comments you would not believe. They hate you because they ain't you. Hey, they're just peanut butter and jealous. <laughs> okay it is I mean, what it is you know i mean I, I shot a six and a half year old deer this year i mean it, it's not a big deal he hey. might come out to what nine d nineteen hey i'll <laughs> tell you right now the deer you shot i'd shoot every single chance i got in the state of florida oh yeah dude all uh, day long no he was a lot of character to that deer cool deer and One definitely those... my, my first florida buck my first florida buck not only that but my first muzzleloader deer that's a memorable one. Yeah. But it's a very fine buck. No, Florida. that that buck you shot up there in Georgia was was absolutely something else. But you, not only that, you've had a hell of a season because you started your season off. How big was the first one you shot? So I'll just give a little bit of background, too. I, I usually take two and a half weeks, three weeks, a year off vacation to go hunt. Um I usually go to West Virginia for four or five days, depending on the weather, maybe a week. And then I'll come back to Georgia where I have a lease. And um, this year is actually, it seems like a great year, but I actually struggled really, really bad until November. I mean, I didn't I didn't get a deer killed in Florida this year yet. I'm not done. But I didn't get a deer killed with my bow in Florida, and that was the first time in three years. So that was a big, I mean, you know, little punch to the gut deer just didn't call the spot i have home this year for whatever reason man you can't say that you didn't have i mean i passed a decent okay yeah i passed a bunch of deer but i didn't shoot a mature florida deer like i had the last couple of years so anyways i'm literally packing the truck getting ready to go on vacation november 2nd i'm sitting at home finishing up some work getting ready packing the truck 
truck's ready to go to West Virginia. Everything's packed except my buddy's stuff that was supposed to go with me. And I'm looking at the forecast, and I'm like, man, it's hot. When I say hot, like West Virginia in November, you're looking at maybe highs in the 40s, lows in the 20s to the teens, maybe 10. And I'm looking at the forecast, and it's 70s with a low and high 50s. It's going to be hot right. up there. The rut's going to slow down. Regard, well, it's not going to slow down. The deer are going to rut, period. But at the same time, they're going to run at, at night. I, I say, yeah, I you don't see, see the action during the day. So last-minute decision, I decided to save a couple thousand dollars on a trip, and I went to Georgia. So I got up November 3rd at six o'clock in the morning left got there hung a stand did the whole shebang jumped in a stand at five o'clock in the afternoon and shot 130 inch eight point first afternoon i mean the hunt's on my youtube if you guys if you guys are interested in looking at it at florida boy outfitters um but shot that deer and i was like all right well i'm 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 kind of done, you know. I, I could shoot two bucks, but it's a piece of property that we really manage really hard. And unless I shoot a giant, I, don't, I won't shoot a second deer. Right. So I was there the third through the morning of the fifth, so less than you know forty eight hours, seventy two hours, and I shot another buck with my bow. So I'm thinking I'm tagged out, you know. Shot looked good, everything. Couldn't find the deer. Called a tracking dog, everything. First time I've ever shot a deer with my bow that I thought I hit lethally and didn't find it. So I was ate up. I, I didn't hunt for a day and a half after that. Just was just ate up. I didn't even want to bring my bow with me. And it's rifle season too. So I'm literally right. bow hunting during rifle season because I like to bow hunt. Anyways, long story short. On that story, that buck I shot actually turned up the 20th of November with a broadhead hole in his side standing in a feeder 500 yards away. That afternoon, one of our members killed him, and I got to look at where my arrow hit and learn a little bit about the situation instead of, you know, chopping it up as a loss, like, oh, right. you know, the deer's dead somewhere. So he shot him. At the angle that I shot the deer, and I have this video is on my YouTube too. The angle I shot the deer, it shooting an expandable broadhead, which I don't think if I was shooting a fixed blade, it would have mattered. But the angle I shot the deer at, it entered just in front of the last rib and exited out the brisket. So it never entered the chest cavity. Never hit any organs, never hit anything. The deer you hit it bit, forward? No. So Back. the deer's quartered away. So where I sat it, oh, you shot it shallow on a on a heavy quarter. Yes. So if okay. the deer, <clears throat> if the deer would have been, if I wouldn't have been twenty five foot in the air, if I was eighteen feet, it would have buried him, right in his off shoulder, or out of his brisket. But it would have went in. I should have aimed higher than I did. So you stayed in the same hemisphere, same side of the deer. It yes. never crossed through. So you went in behind the rib, traveled. It never went in, never behind the rib. So, so it you, stayed. It stayed outside of uh, yes, like the rib. Never, shirt. never entered the rib cage. So you just gave him a giant zip. Yeah, and it didn't. Craziest thing is how the deer reacted. I shot him at eight yards. 
I mean, it, it was, I'm 22 feet in the air in my saddle and I have the GoPro footage. So like I said, it's all in that video, but I drew back, settled my pin, you know, relaxed my hand, let it eat. And it, it sounded like a cavity pop, Pow! you know, that sound like you hit a pumpkin with a baseball bat. The deer, you know, tore ass out of there running down through. And I thought I heard him stop. Big high leg kicks and everything. Yeah. Right? Mule kick. Like I hit him double longer. I'm fist pumping and, you know, calling my dad, calling friends, like freaking out. I'm tagged out. It's the 5th of November. I've been here for <laughs> 72 hours. I'm done. I might as well pack my truck up and go to West Virginia now. You know, that's, that's where I was at mentally. And exhausted all efforts. Couldn't find the deer. He ended up killing him 15 days later. Deer, right. deer was perfectly fine. Yeah, nice. So so let's pause this thought for a second, and I yeah. want to get a bit controversial. Okay. Give me a second to find this photo so I can look at it while I'm talking to you. Controversial? Like, why aren't you using a rifle during rifle season, you sadist? No. No, no, no. So I'm sure you've <laughs> all me. seen this photo, right? Yes. Of the, the oh, deer with, the, with all the pins, pins all in it. Oh, right? I hate that picture. And it, it, it's a it's a white-tailed deer, and the guy, it uh, it's this buddy who has a tracking dog. And he has all these push pins all over this white-tailed deer map of a body, right? I wonder about those green ones if you so, didn't find it. here's my thing. The red equals dead, the green equals alive, and the blue is unclear. Uh, and the white is follow-up shot needed. All right, so there's like one, two, like five or six white pieces, a bunch of red pieces where the deer was dead. Which is not something you get to do very often is putting up a follow-up shot on a white hill. Now, but here's what I want to point out. If you look at this photo... And I'll you know, see where there's no dots in the top back ham. Two no no in two the, inches above where the the leg creases into the shoulder. Yeah, because those guys don't need a dog. That's a dead deer. No, because yeah. that deer no, dies. dude, that's that deer, the way, that's that deer dies I, in sixty yards. I was say right. that's that's it where I put out. my crosshairs every single time. <laughs> right, right where the leg meets the meets the body, you go two inches up and let her have it. Yeah, if that deer runs. That's a hoss. But that being said, they'll carry it a longer, further than you think. But like it, you said, you, I think I think one of those things. It just th- before is, I forget the what I'm gonna say. I think bow hunters have this weird obsession with the fact that they have to make a perfect shot. It's absolutely false. We'll be right back with a word from our sponsors. As we move through life, it's inevitable that we're going to find ourselves needing trusted advice from legal counsel. From business transactions to real estate, lawsuits to contract matters, we all need advice and assistance from time to time. Attorney Roman Hammis, multi-state law practice, focuses on litigation, business law, and real estate. Roman helps individuals and business owners find solutions to their legal problems. If push comes to shove, Roman is an experienced litigator with extensive trial experience and the ability to take it all the way. He's been named Super Lawyer every year from 2016 to present, a distinction given to only 5% of practicing lawyers. Most importantly, Roman is an avid hunter, angler, conservationist, and proud supporter of the UPO Nation. When you need dependable legal counsel, call Roman, 407-680-6050, or 
843-324-1727 or email roman at romanvhamas.com. That's R-O-M-A-N at R-O-M-A-N-V-H-A-M-M-E-S dot com. Offices, Florida and South Carolina. Quartered away. It was damn near off the backhand. Right. But he was quartered away, so I put it just in front of that backhand, and it went up through the cavity. Now. Texas hard shot. That being the said. Texas hard shot's up the butthole. I you, know, but it's You can't change similar. my mind. I'm going to say 85% of those red pins didn't need a dog. 85%. I won't argue that. I think that with the popularity of people tracking deer with dogs has caused people to what's like fail to understand how deer use the woods. I have had deer shot. Hell, I shot a doe with a 12 gauge slug three inch magnum 12 gauge slug at 40 yards through and through and i trailed her probably 85 yards from where i shot her at one point i was literally laying on my stomach in the dark in the leaves following drops of blood the size of a pinhead and i still found that deer yeah but i gave her time to lay I got down. I understood that if you shoot a deer, this is the, because I've been all over the area I hunted in. These are the thick spots. This is where the water's at. This this is all this stuff. If I made a bad shot and I can't find it, the first place I'm going to go look is by the water. Like it's understanding the terrain you're hunting in will help you avoid having to have a dog eight to eight and a half times out of ten. Also understanding what what kind of shot you put on the animal. If you hit them in the liver, guess what? They're gonna they're going to go to water, one hundred percent, because they're gonna have that bloody liver taste in their mouth, and they're gonna they're gonna want to drink water. It's what they think is gonna make them heal. I, I can tell you, of all the deer I've shot, I've only watched one of them run uphill. Mm. I shot I shot one in West Virginia and it was the biggest. But I just showed you guys just saw the picture of it the other day. I posted it on. Uh, you posted a reel on Instagram. It's on Instagram. That was the biggest body deer I've ever killed in my life. He's probably, yeah. I don't I don't even know. He how. went uphill. Two two thirty two forty, a mountain deer. Okay. Oh, same same is the one that I, I shot. I shot that deer quarter two. Like I said, this is my first rack buck I've ever shot with my bow. Looking back now. I would have put it on his throat patch and buried it in his chest if I was going to shoot him how I shot him, honestly. But I held behind the shoulder, shooting the expandable, and the deer only made it 200 yards. But from me being Florida and Georgia hunting, for the most part, I'm like, that deer is hurt. He looked hurt when he ran away on the video. And he got to the bottom. Well, there's a creek at the bottom. I said, okay. Well, most likely, where'd I hit that deer in the liver? 
because it was behind the lungs, you know, off the front shoulder. I said, he's probably, he's dead in that creek, 100% in the bottom. That deer ran 75 yards to the creek and another 125 straight up. And that's through through (laughs) one lung and just destroyed the liver. How that deer made it up that hill. And it wasn't a hill. This ain't, I mean, we're talking mountain straight up. Like I struggled to get up it. And I didn't end up finding him until a couple of days later. The the only one I've shot that ran uphill is the 13 point, which you actually finally saw yep. the first time. Friggin that is stud. the biggest body buck I've ever shot because he dressed out at like 220. Um, Tell me, he had never seen your 13 point until recently? Mm-hmm. No, just the other day when you brought his giant rack over. I was like, look at my buck and here... I would honestly um, be curious what that buck scores. Hey, I will tell you right now, I told Will this the other day, you put that deer on a score sheet and you'd be surprised with the mass that it has. And everybody thinks like, oh, I want to kill a mainframe 10-point. Listen, 10 tell, me, tell me that's not the biggest basket rack you've ever seen in your life. No, the one that's in oh, the 13-point. Yeah, point. yeah <laughs> it ain't, but it ain't, but... What? He's only, I think he was uh, 12 and 3-quarter inches 13, I was going to say 13, 13 maybe. Yeah. But I he's super tall, you, big mass. Yeah, his mass is it, it's thick. If you had to take a wild guess, what do you think you'd put that? Oh, I told Will the other day I couldn't guess because of how tight his racket is. It's hard. Um, I don't know. I had which to, one do you think's bigger, the thirteen or the nine? Oh, the thirteen, hundred percent, no question. And it's I don't crazy. Know, the nine's real. The nine's real symmetrical, though. You it don't. I, doesn't I, matter, hey, man. You get thirteen bro, points. Nets are for fish, bro. Come oh on. yeah, gross. I was gonna say you. You gross I mean, score. If, if if we're not going gross, I think the nine's gonna go bigger because he's symmetrical and he's not really gonna have many deductions. Do you work? Do you work for Boone and Rocket? No, I'm just saying. Then who cares? Just, anyway, anyway, back to what I was saying. I shot that buck. I watched him come in from. Over 300 yards is when I first saw him go between two trees. And because I had walked so far to where I was hunting, I, I wasn't going to shoot a deer unless I felt like dragging it the two and a half miles back to my truck. Yeah, right? literally. So that was, that was yeah, literally two and a half miles. That was my, uh, that was what was keeping me from shooting anything that walked past me. <clears throat> I saw a small doe go between two trees at 300 yards. It's like, oh, we're going to see deer today. And then that deer crossed in the same spot, and I went, Oh, we're going to kill something today. I didn't care if that was a buck, a doe. That was a big deer. It's getting shot. Then he came out and started walking down the bottom towards me with the you know head stuck out, ears laid back, oh. just looking for a fight. And I was like, buddy, I'm going to let that deer walk to me until I'm it shoot- won't come any closer. I'm shooting at the bottom of the tree. <laughs> you laugh. The first, uh, So I shot him at 30 yards the first time. He walked all the way because I was sitting in the creek bottom. I was in my stand. If if it was 20 minutes, I'd, I'd be lucky to tell you the truth. It, it was probably 15 to 20 minutes I was in the stand when I shot that deer. It's the best hunts. He came walking straight. Yeah, if I hadn't shot it that quick, we wouldn't have got it back to the check station in time. He came walking straight towards me. And uh, he could walk, walk, walk. 30 yards, I said, that's close enough. And I shot him the first time. 12-gauge slug. And then he ran towards me, stopped at 15 yards because he saw me in the tree, and I said, insurance. <laughs> Oh, and I shot him again. And I could see blood coming out of his side. And like I knew I had a fatal hit there already. Then he wheeled and went uphill 75 yards, hit a like a pretty patch of sunlight in the thick trees, just stood there and went flop over on his side. Slid Jeez. about 10 feet, hit a tree, and stopped. When we got up to that deer, took some photos, pulled him off the tree, and he slid all the way down the hill to the bottom. 
The question is, did he slide in the proper direction? No, to the, to the creek bottom. Down. Had to kill him back up, drag him back up the hill on the so, other side. So the hill that he started to run up was the opposite hill that I walked okay, down. Okay, yeah. so he slid in the proper direction. In the proper direction, yes. Oof. Yeah. Still had to carry him up the hill. And we thought at one yeah. point, we're like, oh, we're just going to lodge pole him, you know, like you see on the old paintings of the you know, Native Americans doing that. Wrong. No. I, my shoulders were so bruised. We carried him up the hill that way. Dude, I had bruises on both my shoulders from 60 yards uphill. Dude, that dang spike that Dad killed up there in Tennessee AJ oh, drove that thing like a man by himself. I would have thought that I ran like the New York Marathon trying to drag that dang. That spike wasn't but like 200 pounds. And it, oh, it's a 200 pound spike. That's a big spike. But that gum, that beat the piss out of me because that deer was at the bottom of the hill. Yeah. But that was the only deer I've seen run uphill. Every other deer I've shot has gone downhill in some fashion. That's I mean, Get, given the terrain to go downhill, they go they go downhill. When well, they take the, the path the, of least resistance, right? Or least resistance. I right. mean, for the most part, most of the time when you shoot a deer, you can usually tell the path they're going to take if you know the property. Like you said, you knew the property. Most of the time, you can literally tell where the deer is going to go based on topography and trails. And I mean, if like. Like you said earlier, I think it's a lost art 100%, especially with new hunters, is because, oh, well, I have four tracking dogs in, yeah, you you know, in this up. county. Yeah, you got a backup on Facebook. Yeah. I could just call them. I, that's my last, to me, like, that's like, all right, well, you know what? I owe it to the deer to call the guy to try to find it with the dog. You know what I mean? But I, tr- I blood trailed the deer that I shit with, hit with my bow. Good blood. Which was weird because the blood had blood had, you know, bubbles in it and everything. Like I shot him through the lungs. I was one hundred and ten percent positive when I got down out of that tree that the deer is dead in a hundred yards, and he made it four fifty with the dog before we, like, I mean, the dog trailed him the same exact trail twice, four hundred fifty yards, and I was like, "That's, that's an it. eternity on the ground." That is oh, a yeah. long. <clears throat> I, I I blood trailed him by myself for. 165 175 and it took me an hour yeah you know what i mean because you're taking your time you i don't want to bump the deer you know i'm I'm trying to be and i took my sweet time before even getting down an hour and 30 minutes hour and a half whatever but it's one of those things like i said i feel like it's a lost art though like my dad i put my dad on a deer and he We'll lose blood, and then all of a sudden, 25 yards up ahead of us, he's done followed foot hoof prints, running hoof prints, and says, hey, there's blood here. Think about it. That cuts 25 yards off of you looking for blood. If you lost it in that 25, I mean, that that's – and he, I'll, I'll be the first – he is way better than me than, at trailing a deer, but he's done it a million times. I, I don't mind tracking him, but, man, I – so I'm going to come to the defense of the dog guys. You know, I love that there is a whole group of fellows out there, men and women, I should say, that if you call them, they'll come out and help you find your dog, help you find your deer. And a lot of them, man, they won't take money. They'll take just I, enough to, to buy some food. They just want to get out there and run their dogs. So I got no problem with it. And I've thought several times, like when I've gotten a little frustrated, but man, I'm just going to call the dog. And I, and I have in the past when I've really had trouble, like the deer's not actually dead <laughs> and running. But um, 
I don't have a problem with it. Like, uh, why not? No. Let them come out and follow the dog. It's all fun. I like to see the dogs work, but that's kind of my thing. But I can't own dogs, so that's like the only time I actually get to. Don't don't get them. me wrong. I, I I do believe that the deer uh, guys that are running dogs and tracking deer, they are an awesome asset to have. And <clears throat> I don't mean to discount it and to say that they're worthless and we don't need them because we want. Oh no, I didn't think you were and fifty percent do. Well, I want to clarify that. But I do believe there's a lot of people that just jump straight to a dog when when they could have found their deer. Maybe you know I think you're right, and and I've toughed out a couple of them this year, and they really weren't that far away. It's just you, you miss something, and you didn't catch that that deer for whatever reason took a hard right or hard right. left, and not only that didn't took took more than a ninety. Right, actually, started coming back a little bit because a lot of times you'll see that they'll 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 mm-hmm. do a circle, they'll circle around. Um, but when her, when Hunter was saying four hundred and fifty yards, I mean, when you're following a blood trail, it feels like you've gone. Oh man, I gotta be I gotta be one hundred and fifty yards from the stand, and then you find the deer and you're like, oh, that was sixty three yards. So a real four hundred yard track. That that's brutal, man. That's just that's forever because you in in that amount of time. You're going to lose the trail. You're going to have those switchbacks, or you just you just hit a spot where the deer gets a second wind. Like you, almost like you pushed them, right? You'll find you're finding blood, and also you find a lot. You're like, oh, here we go. I got good blood, and then you realize the reason you got good blood is the deer stood there, got a second wind, and then hauled ass. Didn't bed down. Yeah. And then when it when it takes off that second time, all of a sudden you got to figure out, you know, because there'll be a twenty yard gap, and especially if they stopped. In a in an opening that's just nothing but pine needles, right? There's nothing for them to bang into. Then you got to figure out where they leave that opening, and that's that's thirty minutes or forty minutes of hands and knees, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, you find that drop on the pine needle, you know. And I don't know about you, but I'm like dropping a hat, drops of toilet paper, got it with me, and oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting out the strings, you know what I mean? Like, oh, you he's going to, this way. Yeah, you get a mark of right? blood. Yeah, we're so, talking about four hundred and fifty yards. That that's just. I'm telling That's you. That's an eternity trail in a deer. So the craziest thing is it was so far that I didn't think. So, so I've been waiting. I've been silent for a minute. I've been waiting. I am a blood trailing machine. Son, call me a dog because I will dag him. Like William said, I'll get on my hands and knees. I'll belly crawl to find, and I can find the smallest specks of blood and, uh, I'll blood trail the piss out of a deer before I ever give up. Like Hunter said, he he, he blood trailed his deer, what, 165 yards, you said? 165, So I, I will blood trail the piss out of a deer, a hog. I'll blood trail a squirrel, son. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but, um. I believe it. What my question is, my question is, what happened to, to the, uh, the blood trail and lights? Okay. Right. Dad used to have one and it worked. Really? I always thought those things were just... Oh, no. No, no they mix work. In, you mix blue and red together, and it lights it up pink. I, I've used them. They work okay, as long as you're not you know, in like uh, a place that has fall, uh, because then all the leaves are red. Um, but on the same hand, you're talking... I, I have tracked a deer. Uh, admittedly, the deer went about 75, 85 yards. You know how much blood I had? None. Yeah. Oh, well, that's I, that's it, like that buck that Mike but, shot. Well, you know, Tristan Tristan shot this, but this was this was not like a circle around trying to find this deer. Tristan shot a buck uh, at twenty yards, and I said, uh, 
well, where'd you shoot it? Right here. I was like, okay, I, I believe that. I can see leaves kicked up. I said, uh, which way did it run? That way. I turned and I looked across this. And this is in the pitch black dark after we got out of the hunt, out of the, you know, evening hunt. And I said, uh, okay. And I'm looking at the hillside. The deer went downhill and then across to the, the little plateau over there. And I said, okay. Well, um, I guess we're going to kind of follow these kicked up leaves then. Well, that's and, how dad found his deer and, and found his spike in Tennessee, kicked up leaves. Yeah. And that's admittedly like, it's kind of dumb, but I literally walked past his dead deer at maybe, maybe 25 yards on the way to Tristan. Yeah. I just so, wasn't looking for a deer. So that buck, that buck that Mike shot, it was a, a fatal shot, right? But the buck was facing him. Which made for a great drag, by the way, because I was able to drive my truck right to it and just whoosh, in the bed. Yeah. <laughs> so that hunt where Mike shot that good buck, um, it was facing him, and he shot it directly in the center of the chest. What well, ran, and dude, we... So his buck came in with like probably seven does. And the way we were set up, we were in like a block of pines, but the block of pine was shaped like an L. So he was at, uh, like, you know, on the short side of the L, and I was on the long side of the L. So I could see the does when he shot his buck, but I could never see his buck. Shot his buck, they ran down towards me and then crossed across me. I shot two does, and uh, he started blood trailing my first doe that I shot. I'd only, it was the last day of the season. So I was like, ah, I'll just shoot one of these. That's the biggest doe. I picked her out. They were running across. I shot her. She was running across. And then uh, and the last one came across, and I was like, she ain't the biggest, but she ain't the smallest. Last day of season, second doe. Boom! Shot her, too. And so blood trailed the first doe. I never found blood on the second doe until we went to go start dragging the first doe out. And I told Mike, I was like, hey, did you walk through here when you blood trailed this doe? And he's like, no. We literally drugged that doe down that blood trail for the second doe, and the second doe died like five yards, literally on the edge of the wood line from the road. Well, and Dropped him off. But then, so so we went back to, to get his, to, to look for his buck after that. And, uh, we walked for hours and hours and hours. I say hours. We probably walked for an hour. Couldn't Feel, find anything. Feels it feels like was, way longer than that. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. It, always, it was, yeah, it was, dead, it was dead center. It was kind of high in the chest, but it was dead center chest. So, the you know, it's got to really fill up to get out that yeah. that hole in the dead center chest, but it's a fatal shot. Um, couldn't find it. And I said, you know what, man? I seen those does after you shot run through here. Let me go look where I seen these does run through, and there was a dead fall because we had had a hurricane. Uh, was it uh, was Matthew? Matthew. Matthew came through, and there was a dead fall. Some a dead fall of some pines. So let me walk through here, where the I saw these does run through, and then I was walking, and I seen a dead fall of pines, and I'm like, you know what? Let me look in this dead fall. Buck, dead right there. I mean, the the buck didn't go fifty yards. Didn't even go fifty yards from where he shot it. All right, enough about this blood trail and stuff. Hunter, 
we got to jump back to you. Tell us about that little tiny deer you shot. So, I'm in Georgia. Like I said, I was there the 3rd through the 20th. Went back to work 21st. But I hunted from the 5th after I shot that deer with my bow and couldn't find him. I, I sat there and the afternoon of November 17th, my life changed forever. Okay. I'm sitting there. I, um, I had seen two does. I saw a piebald buck, which can't wait to see him in a couple of years. It's going to be sick. Um, I'm sitting there and, and a doe pops out about 30 minutes before dark to my right. So if any of you guys know me or know how I do things, I have two cameras and I have I have two cameras, I have a gun, I have, you know, all my stuff in the stand by myself. I'm self-filming. So to make that transition from one side of the box into another is kind of a lot. So on top of that, you're trying to be quiet. You don't want the deer to hear you, obviously. So I grab my camera. And it's that time of the year in Georgia. If you're hunting November 17th in Georgia, the deer are running wild. They're, it's wound tight. So I grab my camera, move it all to the right side of the box stand, and I'm filming this doe. I filmed her for probably 10 minutes, hoping, you know, obviously that a buck come out of the little head to her, to her right, bumping her out into the field, and I have a shot at him. And... At this point, the biggest deer that I'm hunting is 140-inch nine-point. I mean, that's the God's honest truth. These are not, I mean, a solid four-and-a-half-year-old, five-year-old nine-point is, is the deer I'm hunting. Had you had any photos of that buck prior to that? Absolutely none. None. So that was just... Just, just, you could call it luck. You could call it God. I, you could call it what you want. But you, you're calling it skill, right? No, I'd rather be, I told, I, I brought the horns over here the other day and showed them to Will and, and his, his kids and the family and everything. And I said, you know what? I said this in the, in the GoPro video and when the video is out, you guys will see it. But I said, I'll tell you all right now, 10 times out of 10, I'd rather be lucky than good every single time. But anyways, without just dragging it out completely, the doe comes out, I'm filming her. And I just happened to turn and look back to my left, and there's a there's a deer standing out there, and I can see his horns. He's 250 yards away, but like I said, we managed we managed to piss out of this place. So it's like okay, it could be a three and a half year old 130 inch deer, you know, that we're not going to shoot. So me being me, what do I do? I pick up my camera, I move my camera all the way back to the left side of the stand, turn my GoPro on. You know, the last thing I reach for is my rifle, which 99.9% of the population in America is not grabbing their rifle last. But I grabbed it last. I put my gun up. I said, damn, that deer's got a good frame. And I said, ah, it might be that 10-point. We had three-and-a-half-year-old 10-point up there this year in Georgia that's 130-inch deer all day long. I said, man, I don't know. I don't know. And he turned... And, and when I say I don't know, this is three seconds. You know, everything's popping, everything's quick. No, three seconds that feels like an eternity. It feels like it feels like five minutes, right. but it's three seconds. And I get the rifle on him, and he stops. 
30 foot from, you know, getting away from me. He stops and he turns and looks directly down at me. <laughs> I see a three inch fl- like kicker off of one of his G2s. I said, that's not the buck I thought it was. And I'm at this point, I'm already on him and I squeeze. And the deer falls, hits the dirt. And you, and like I said, the foot, the GoPro footage is hilarious because it shows the emo, like just the mountain highs and the valley lows. Like I go all over the place, shoot the deer, and he falls down. So I'm like, no way, no way. You know, like like this just doesn't it just doesn't happen, right? And the deer keeps kicking around. So I take I've already put the gun back on safety and in my lap with just the barrel out of the stand and he kicks around one more time. I'm like, man, that deer's huge. Cause at that point, like his, his head is kicking around in a circle and I'm like, dude, that deer's 20 inches wide. His, you know, his horns are thicker than hell. I said, well, he's getting another one. That's called insurance. Shot him again. And he kind of kicked back and so his whole head and his neck was sticking straight out. So I just held right at the base of his neck and ended up hitting him a little high. Pow! Killing him dead. And then it all changed. Like, literally, the, the whirlwinds of emotions just went from, like, all the all the effort, all the work, all the time, all the everything we put in, it came in down to that one moment that someone, someone can sit there and hunt 50 years of their life and never have that opportunity. Boom. Walk down there. I'm like, oh, that's the biggest, that's the biggest... That's the biggest deer I ever killed in my life. It's the biggest deer I ever killed in my life. And this is before I even seen the deer. So, like, in the stand to the GoPro, like, that's the biggest deer I ever killed in my life. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, I didn't know right. Ricky, full Ricky Bobby. Like, I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> and and uh, I get down there, and I call my dad. He's in Kentucky hunting, so he don't answer. Call my fiance, she don't answer. I'm freaking out. I'm like, dude, I'm looking at the biggest deer of my life. Nobody's answered the phone. Because that's that's what we do. As hunters, it's not like you don't want to do it by yourself. You want someone to be a part of it because it's 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 not like oh yeah, look at me. It's like I want to share it with someone because it's that big of a deal for me. So, anyways, I'm looking at the deer. I'm like, that's a high 140s deer all day. <laughs> and then I put him in my hands, and I was like, that's the thickest deer I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> And I called my dad, and I told him, he finally answered. I'm like, hey, I shot a 150-inch deer. He's like, what? I'm like, yeah, I shot a 150-inch 11-point. And he's got a broken-off 12-point. He's like, we don't have no deer like that on camera anywhere. I said, no. Never seen this deer before in my life. Where'd he come from? He's like, well, we know where he's going. You know, he ain't going no further, so... Hunter says, thick brass, thick glass, thick grass, thick <clears throat> antlers. <Yeah>. Antlers. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, man, it was... It was one of those things where it happens so fast that you don't get too wrapped up in it. It's, it's like reaction, right? Oh, big buck, nice, nice frame, shooter deer, bow. And then you walk down there, and I sat there by myself, sitting at the feeder, just looking at the deer. Like, this is that. This is the. This is the stuff you hear about, like on, 
you know, on the outdoor channel and, sh- and stuff like that, like you're sitting there, you're, you don't never think that it would happen to you. You know, I never in a million years thought I'd shoot a 160 inch deer in Georgia ever. Michael, I don't think Michael Waddell has killed a 160 in Georgia. And that's God's honest truth. And that's no, Google that. that's no shot at anybody. It's just, right. it's just like, that's how once in a lifetime it is. To me, Michael Waddell is the man. Listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say when you told me, like we were talking about, you're like you hold on to this to your spaces, and it's like it's like grabbing a beer can. Yes. Oh no, no. And it, I was like, I, I was like, yeah, you know. And at the time, I'm standing there with Hunter drinking a beer, and I'm like, ain't no way, because like, God dang, like I'm standing there holding on to a beer can. I'm like, that's huge. And then I go over there a few weeks later. And he's got the skull cap there with him. You lay hands. Yeah. And I set I set hands on those bases and I was like, This is like holding a beer can. You should have took a picture of Rylan holding it because it made it look ten times bigger than I know. I I was (laughs) I was trying to find something with an infant, someone with an infant, just to hold the horns. (laughs) He's got a toddler. (laughs) Both of them held it. Hell they were trying to play football with it in the front in the kitchen. (laughs) <laughs> Dagum, I mean you it that 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 rack makes you look like an infant in your pictures. I am an infant <laughs> compared to that thing. But yeah, man, it, it was like I said, since then it's been kind of a whirlwind of I mean my wife said it was big, so you know it's got some mass to it. <laughs> I won't say nothing about that, okay? <laughs> but no, seriously, it, it's it's been it's been kind of crazy because it got First things first, it's a once-in-a-lifetime deer. Second of all, I got the hunt on film and then got absolutely crushed because I lost some footage on my big camera, which just literally, like I said, you can see the the valleys and in, in the mountaintops in the GoPro video because that's that's real. That, yeah. that there's, there's nobody there with me. It's not TV. I don't make TV. I, I just I film myself genuine reactions you if you see me reacting in a certain way i promise you it's 100 percent genuine because i don't do that whole creating film bullshit like it it it's me being myself and people like to watch it it's it, some people very few people but with the people that do watch it they enjoy it so that's why i enjoy creating it and not just that, but I'll have that video to, I mean, who knows how long, but 20 years from now. And, you know, my kids are like, oh, yeah, I got this old deer mount that my dad killed back in, you know, 2022, blah, blah, blah. He's like, oh, I got to check this out. He busts out an SD card. They're like, what is that thing? It's like a tape recorder. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so how long do you think before they sell that mount to Cracker Barrel? My kids, uh, I mean, it, and that's obviously me saying I have kids one day, but I hope I do. But if my kids sold it at Cracker Barrel, they better own that some bitch. Is all I can say. I'm, I'm just saying, you know, you <laughs> see, you see them mounts at Cracker Barrel, you're like, man, that's rough. How far do you think taxidermy's got to go before they're like, well, this is a good Cracker Barrel mount? Man, I don't know. <laughs> I, can it get can it get much better than the stuff they do today? Like, oh, I'm sure it can. I was gonna say, I'm telling you. Some of the and, stuff and, and, I see is like that deer looks more alive than when I killed him. I mean, <laughs> like what Hunter Hunter told me that this guy that is mounting this deer actually reached out to Hunter and asked him to mount it. Yeah, big shout big shout out. Uh Raul's taxidermy right there just north of Miami. 
awesome guy. Went and met him. Uh, went and hung out with some buddies down in Stewart, Florida. And he drove 100 miles to pick this deer up. I mean, he drove to me to pick it up. Don't get me wrong. I'm pay, I'm, you know, I'm paying him to, to mount the deer and everything. Right. But she was shout out to him. Awesome guy. Down to earth as can be. The guy does really, really good work. And he specifies... What? Specifies, yeah. Specifies in Florida deer. So, like, if you guys need to get a deer mounted, hit him up. Big time. I've looked at some of his work, and it is... I mean, it's top-notch, man. Immaculate. Class A stuff. He, Yo, wouldn't, have my, he wouldn't have my deer if it wasn't... I mean, his work's legit. I wouldn't. I, mean, I wouldn't just give it to anybody. Yeah. So... He does have one of those. I've, I've, I looked at some of his deer when Hunter told me he was mounting it, and uh, I went through his Instagram, and I was like, those deer, like, like they're alive yeah. on the wall. I can't wait to get it back. Oh, I bet. What did he say your turnaround time was? He said if if if, <laughs> if one of you guys call with a deer to be a year, but I'll probably get it back a little quicker than that. No, I don't think a year's bad. No, year's good. In yeah. the, in in like in the That's market today, I seriously. Expect. I was, um, I had a deer that velvet buck I killed in Georgia a couple of years ago. I say a couple of years, five years ago. Um, that was eighteen months. <laughs> I mean, look, man. Once I get a deer on the ground and it goes to the taxidermist, like I I am with a rec- with a reputable taxidermist. Uh, not going to mention any names, but the one that I was using is. No longer reputable, in, in my I opinion. Got a, I got a set of ducks that she's had for <clears throat> probably six years now. I have to get my 13-point redone that she did. Uh, Old Lumpy? I know a guy. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I, so I got to get a new cape because the, that's a long story. Anyway, had I known what I know now, I'd have worried about that deer. But once it's at a, a, reputable, a reputable taxidermist, like it's there. Like I killed the deer. It's done. When it's done, it's done. Like I can tell... A hundred stories between then and now that I had the deer and I can show it to you. I'm not worried about it. Final. But I'm, I'm, I'm kind of to the point now where, like, I've got a I've got a couple deer heads in the house. I don't have all the room in the world, and I would love to have a, a, a nice space to put a bunch of deer. But you know, I saw a guy on TikTok the other day. He's like talking about his deer mounts. He's like, "Yeah, no, I mount one from every class. Here's a 100. Here's a 110. Here's a 120. Here's a 130." When he gets in between those, a 125 or a 129 or a 135 or a 139, he does a Euro or he does uh, just a skull cap and then he mounts them. He's like, I like this because I can put them on the wall and I can trade them out whenever I want to. Yeah, because it doesn't take take up as much room. Right. You're smart. I was like, that's that's pretty good. And Euros, respectively, aren't very expensive. No, I'll be honest with you. I just did my first Euro on that other book I was talking about, the one I shot the first this year. If someone was to do a euro for seventy five to a hundred bucks, good God, just give them the money. Yeah. It took it took me a whole day like from like daylight to dark just to get the meat and the brain and all that out of it. And I've watched I mean, I've watched a million YouTube videos and my dad's done a hundred thousand of them, but I did this one um I want to do it on my own from start to finish because when I shot the deer, I was by myself. I loaded the deer by myself, I skinned the deer by myself, I Everything was all on my own. Right. So it was kind of like one of those last last ditch efforts. It's like, you know what? I'm going to do this thing from start to finish. From the time he was alive, shooting him, cleaning him, cooking so got, him, all the way to the wall. I got two deer heads in Jordan's freezer. One, the buck I shot this year, I'm having done a Euro mount done yes. for me. Have to. The other one, 
I'm going to try and do myself. Because, like, if I screw it up, the skull cap's a skull cap. <laughs> I could do that yeah, at any point. Yeah, I mean, that's that's another thing you got to think about, too. Then, you can do that, that at any point. Yeah, that's just that Georgia buck. He ain't nothing crazy. No, nah, it's a heavy-bodied six-point. Yeah, like it, it wasn't it was nothing seven. special. I'm a sucker, Actually. sucker for heavy bodied six points. Oh, boy, I'm a sucky for sucker for a heavy bodied deer. Period. And I look at that. I, and I go, would meat. That coming. I mean, like I said, I rather listen. Shoot let a me tell you, heavy eight point, like just a, an old gnarly six and a half year old eight point. Yeah. Than shooting a damn mainframe twelve point that's four and a half years old. Had I been by long. myself, I probably would not have shot that six point that's in Jordan's freezer, but I shot a doe. She was uh, 90, 100 pounds. And Perfect. He, and then this buck came out 15 minutes later behind her and was just pawing the crap out of her. I dropped her in her tracks. And I had my son with me. And uh, so I dropped her. He goes, shoot that buck, Dad. I was like, all right, bet. All right, boy. <laughs> Pow! <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. And uh, we shot him, too. And he just he ate up with it, man. He, he's, he is... Hundred percent ready to uh, to deer hunt. Had him out here last night. We had a, a nice uh, Red Rider BB gun shooting competition. Went through about four rounds. Whooped his butt every single time. Man, I'll tell you right now, if that if that's something you want to do, you just let me know. We'll get him up there, shoot him in the air. I gotta get him. I gotta get him on a, behind a rifle first. Hey, he get, doesn't know it yet, right? Just I don't let know him I told shoot you. a little bit. He'll oh yeah, good. no, he's he's getting there. He so he's getting a uh, a little four ten for Christmas. You've been talking about the Taking right from the 22 years. to the 300 wind mag. Make a man out of me. Hey, <laughs> hey no. Ta- literally. But the thing is, here's the thing. That 410 has a little rear sight on it that kind of flips up in the way. I was like, dude. So he's, so, that he's so excited about this 410. I've heard about this thing a hundred times. It's like, is me? it going to make it to Christmas? Me, it is going to make it to Christmas. Okay. I haven't, I haven't, it's, it's not, listen, it's not at my house for a say, reason. Okay? I was about to say, because he'd be out there. We're going on, we're going, what, Saturday to yeah. Charles Brunson? Oh, he'd be, if we he's had like, check out this 410. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a break in for my boy. I'd let him shoot my little 410 for the day, but I don't have any uh, 410 ammo. But I go, I got a I've got some. Anyway, um, that little 410's got a rear sight on it. And I told my dad, I was like, man, I bet that sucker shoots a slug pretty accurate. At the I guarantee yards. you. I said, you let me get him, get about 50, 60 birdshot shells to it. And I'll put a slug in there and be like, yeah, bud, it'll kill it. And just let him, let it wallop him. Cause he's going to be deer. comfortable yeah, as can He'll be. never know the difference. Yeah. <laughs> he'll take time. He'll aim, let him wallop a, a fat doe at 50 yards. And with his, that and his adrenaline will be pumping so hard that he yeah. won't even realize. Won't it. feel a thing. Right. That's like my, uh, I shot my first deer. It's probably six or seven with a seven millimeter 08 Thompson Center single shot. Still got it. That is one of the best shooting guns I have ever in it. I've had women shoot it. I've had kids shoot it. I've had. I killed my first deer with seven millimeter. I'm talking about you. You. I would take that deer or that gun out west and shoot an elk with it. We are. I'm, I'm confident in it at two at. We're, we're, I'm coming up to the point now where he's getting a four ten this year. Uh, he's six going on seven. I'm going to let him run through the next, you know, deer season as a seven year old, maybe take the 410 with a slug in it, let him give it a shot. Um, probably maybe next Christmas birthday time frame. We're, we're looking at it right. I'm telling you. The I 410, say, the 410 I, I, is, I'm, uh, I'm going to say that, that if we're looking at next Christmas for a rifle, uh, the seven millimeter rate that William shot his first year with. That's the one I really should be. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I have it now and me and William have talked about it. I want to restock the gun 
right? Because it's just in a lotty dotty plain old stock. Well, the gun is. I was twelve uh, when but I you, shot my first. But so you the gun be careful, is twenty years old. You gotta yeah. be careful though. The gun's twenty years old. Because then it gets it's sentimental. Well, that's the point. It look pretty. Yeah. So well, well, kills deer. Here's a problem. The dang thing doesn't have a front sling stud in it anymore, so you can't put a sling on it. It needs a new stock. Yeah. So so we're the plan is to restock the gun, put a nicer scope on it, and then that gun from there is going to Ryland, and then from Ryland it'll go to Carson. Don't you guys know a guy? Yeah, we do. I'm right here. I think I I think I know a guy. We know. Yeah, what's yeah, his I'm name? wearing his hat right here. Oh, old Zach Heartland old Precision Rifle. Yeah, I'm sure he could probably hook yeah. you guys up. So yeah, yeah, the <laughs> only the only thing with this gun is it's a uh, it's what's it a, a it's model? It's a Ruger M77. Yeah, Mark II. Which, and as far as aftermarket parts go, they're very hard to yeah. find stuff for. Now that being said, I mean you can get another uh, stock for it. There's quite a few companies that make some, and I. I'm not looking to go and outfit this into a custom rifle, rebarrel, all that stuff. Just a new stock, and let's get away from that Simmons 44 Mag. All right, that's been on there since I shot my first deer with it. Okay, yeah. it's tw- that scope <laughs> oh, is 20 silver years old. is a silver scope. No, 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 silver? it's not yeah. silver. Okay. I still <laughs> shoot that Simmons that's on it. That was back when Simmons made a good scope. All right, man, I'll tell you that. I'm, t- I mean, my little sister shot her first deer with that seven millimeter 08. I've had. I don't know how many deer I shot with the dang thing. And that's a single shot. Like I it, shot that buck right there with that 7 millimeter 08. I'm telling you, I love it. I still, every once in a while, bust it out. Dad, I'm like, Dad, you got the you got the 08 at the house? He's like, yeah, I'm going to bring it to George with you. Yeah. Because it's light. Stock, oh, yeah. The stock is Dude. cut down. It's nice. It's easy to maneuver around the box stands with. That's that. That's a, the one. It's a love compact it. model, yeah. Yeah. Real I killed the, uh, sub, the Seminole Springs Trophy Doe with a... Seven millimeter 08 Savage Youth Rifle. It's a, it's and I've a, never put a new stock on it because, man, if you're in a if you're in a climber, it's nice or something yeah. a tight stand, having that little bitty stock on there in a short barrel. So we're still awesome. going to put a compact stock on it. Yeah, we're not we're not putting a full size stock. So that's like um, ours. Mine. I'm I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure my dad bought it from my uncle Joe, which would be his uncle Joe, not my uncle Joe, but bought it from him, and it was a full size rifle. At that yeah. Point. You know, it was just a regular single shot, and he cut the barrel, or had someone cut the stock down to fit to fit me at seven right. years. I was a little kid. I'm mean, a little kid. Right. I'm still little, but, you know. <laughs> Coming in at a whopping four seven. Hey, and I'll tell you right now, that button buck didn't stand a chance, son. <laughs> I burned him down. Burned him down. Burned him down. <laughs> No, that that's a whole other story in itself, right there. That's, but that's uh, a good one. no, Rowland's been out back, and every afternoon, most every afternoon, he's dad. Can I have my BB gun? I'm like, yeah, go ahead, dude. I'd open up the gun safe, grab the BB gun, hand it to him. I'm like, you know, th- these are your safe directions. You can shoot this way. All right, what are you doing? I'm gonna go shoot Tweety Birds. I'm like, have at it. He has not killed one yet, but he tries. You should have saw him hunting so hard the other day after I was out here the other night, and three raccoons came past me between me and the neighbor's house. I was like, hey. Your mom tell you there's raccoons back here in the trees? What? Where? <laughs> yeah. He's like, I need a BB gun. I'm like, get after it, bud. Can I kill a raccoon with a BB gun? I was like, no, but you can make it mad. You can try <laughs> like hell. Get that boy a mini bike. He, say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he says, he says, can I kill a squirrel with this? I said, if you shoot it in the eye, 
you brain him. Yeah. You got to really You brain can him. kill a Tweety Bird, though, for a fact. We know that. Know, you can I've kill a dove, it. too. I'll I've... tell you, a hey, back, old Jim Bob, he he just cut me loose, boy. Some of the stuff he used to let me do, ain't no way in hell they let that stuff fly today. You know what, man? I, I saw something the other day, and it, it was talking about the the... You know the the drop in masculinity among men and boys, and it has there's a correlation between that and like BB gun ownership. Yeah, Red Riders, absolutely, hundred yeah, percent. How many uh, how many kids? And we're we're pretty close in age, Jordan. How many kids had a Red Rider BB gun? Like boys. Every single did. one of us. Yeah. Nope. Because at one point, we were trying to shoot each other with them. Oh, we yeah. did shoot each other with them. We did shoot each other. Hey, you yeah. can't get inside of 50, <laughs> 50 yards. We would step it out. and. Oh, you definitely can. No, it yeah. hurts. But I'm definitely saying you drop. Like I know, but we, 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 that's how we played. My we dad's were like, hey. young adults. There's two lines. Listen, still there shooting was, each other. There was there was a one-pump war was a thing well before yes. Airsoft was. And uh, the Red Rider was the king at One Pump War. Okay, yeah, because it was the most accurate. It, well, it packed the biggest punch, too, because you can only pump it once. <laughs> My father started me out with the 22 Marlin, so would have been an unfair competition. I had one. I, had, <laughs> I would have been the only one. six-year-old out there taking body counts. Hey, I had, a, I had a 22 Marlin as well. Old brown stock, black barrel, single, open sights. Yeah, single, yep. uh, single shot. Yep. Does it have the hammer in the back where you to to cock it? You have to. No, no. I had I had a. Uh, my dad bought me a bolt action first. That's the mm. first one I had. I don't know if he bought it or if he just had it from before, but that's what that's what I was saying. You talking about just cut me loose? My dad bought five acres and thought he bought five hundred. Yeah, he's like, here's <laughs> here, son. Here's a twenty two. Like go go Get shoot after it. Yeah. doves and squirrels and shit out of the yard. Like that's that's what I did. It's statute of limitations now, but, so it's okay. Yeah, that was uh, that was. Oh God, that was twenty years ago. <laughs> I was saying, it dawns on me that by the time Good you had Lord. your, by the time you had your sing, your your twenty two Marlin, my twenty two Marlin was probably thirty years old. Yeah, what, so but, that, but how, that shows you right there though. That's obviously they make a damn good twenty two rifle. I, I have a twenty two yeah. Marlin. That the first one I ever got when I was probably seven or eight years old. Like mine's that's a savage. Insane. I, got, th- it is. I, I always got that. I always got that. Like, listen, William got the twenty-two Marlin semi-auto. That's I got the, the twenty-two. In... I got the twenty-two bolt action. William got uh, a thousand FPS pellet gun. I, I I I paid for that gun. Go ahead. Anyways, I got it. I got a seven fifty. Yeah, the, the difference in that those pellet guns is I paid for that pellet gun. Still, that was. I money. always got the dumbed down version of what you yeah, got. Hey, the I, reason I get listen. The reason I got that thousand FPS is because I paid for that pellet gun. No, it's wild, mild. Yeah. Listen, you know why? You know why, right? I'd have shot the neighbor's cats. Yeah, it's wild. And mild. That mustache yeah. right there, you would have done some bad things. <laughs> <with> that <gun. laughs> for sure. I would but have. Uh, that's. I, I agree with you. Though, I would have that. done some uh, hood rat shit with my friends. You think. You think about it. What. What. What kid in today's society? It, that's okay. Like, yeah, and and our little, you know, how we were brought up. Yeah, it's fine. But like now, if someone found out that like a seven year old kid was shooting squirrels with a twenty two rifle next door, no, God forbid, they have a shit fit. God forbid, someone found out that I'm like. 
I take a six year old and he's like, Dad, can I have a BB gun? I'm like, Yeah, here you go. Shoot in a safe direction. And you just but let the thing him go. Is, is, do his thing. But the thing is, is, is you got to understand, Rylan has been in the woods with me since he was three years old, on and off. Absolutely. The kid understands and he will get on to you about gun safety. And when you get on to him, he is genuinely like. He's hurt. Yeah. And he is locking yeah. eye and he locks eyes with you. Like that's that's another thing. I think it's kind of lost. It's, it's like, a maturity level. Yeah, because right. kids because kids now and I'm not saying every kid obviously. There's I've met some jam up 6-year-old kids, honestly. Right. But for the most part, you yell at a 6-year-old kid, what does he do? Yeah. Like a dog, like you just scold him, away from you know, him. He's like, oh no, like I'm gonna get in trouble, or I, I, you know, blah blah. When, and I don't know if it's just like a father son thing or what, but like I, I remember when my dad would get on my ass about something, it was like, look at me when I'm talking to you. Yeah. And he had to say that one time, and that was it. After that, it's like when he says something to you, your your eyes are locked on, and I see that when you talk to Rylan. Rylan looks at you because he can tell. What you're going to tell him is important. Right. I need to listen. I really... And, and not, I feel like not, it's lost. Not, oh, well, not to brag on Rylan, but I really feel like that um, if we were out hunting and he did something wrong and you, Hunter, were to get on Rylan, that Rylan would still lock eyes with you and, but, and realize that what he and did. And that's what right. I'm saying. That's a respect thing. Yeah. I, think it's, I don't think it's a gun Boy, thing and a whatever. He, it's just a respect thing. He shot... In a direction that I, with a BB gun, in all honesty, like he's not going to hurt anything. But I told him, like, this direction is unsafe. There's houses that way. You shouldn't shoot that way because we're going to treat a BB gun like, like it's a, real, yeah, a like 300 Wind Mag, son. Yeah. That we're, we're treating it like a real rifle. And uh, he he did that. And I said, that, you, you can't shoot that way. I'm taking your BB gun. You can't have it back until, uh, we'll say it was a Wednesday. I said, you can't have it back till Friday. You're, Losing it for an entire 24-hour period plus. His, his life was over. Boy, you'd have thought I smashed his PlayStation 5. <laughs> he was so upset about that. And he had, maybe had had his BB gun that afternoon for maybe 20 minutes. Well, I crushed his world by taking that away. But when I gave it back to him, you know, the whole after the punishment was over. I bet he didn't shoot that way. Again. No, he nope. didn't. But that's you know, the I'm biggest saying. thing about it wasn't lost. The BB gun is he knew he let you down. He knew what he yeah. did was forbidden. Absolutely. He did it anyway. He got caught. He told and he on knew himself. He let you down. Yeah. That's another really? thing. That's another thing. He that told I, on himself I because I wasn't think, there. That's good. That yeah. that is a good that's a good quality to have in a person. There's ninety nine point nine percent of grown people that you talk to don't have a conscience. That 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 right there shows you he has a conscience that knowing that what he did was incorrect and he told on himself. That is why I trust that six-year-old child, almost going on seven here shortly, to have a 410 at six years old. His sister, that's her, that's, that's wild. His, his mother's child. <laughs> that's wild, that's wild and mild right the there. The mother's son. child, yeah. yeah. She, she so, got a few years. We're talking gun safety, and uh, I think one thing that we haven't talked a whole lot about on the podcast this year is that we have done a piss load of public land hunting in Florida this year. Well, that's yeah. that's sketchy to begin with. That's what I'm saying. There's a lot of like non-gun safety there, which was 
kind of good correlation, but uh, man, I don't know that that's true. I really don't. Um, huh. I think I don't. I, but the, the way well, I, I, the I, way I, I enter the woods is I I don't know who's out there and I don't know who's trained to. So I'm gonna treat the woods like nobody trained anybody. I guess to to your point, so that we don't we may be saying the same thing. It only takes one person who's either really careless or, or I'd like to think genuinely doesn't know to give you the impression that the whole woods are crazy. But I, I do, because I don't want anybody to listen to this thing. Oh, a bunch of yahoos out there running around, because that's not the case. No. I found no. the overwhelming majority of men and women in the woods are pretty damn safety conscious. It, but yeah. it, like you said, it only takes one person to, and it happens every year somewhere. Right, somebody gets shot on public land being mistaked for an animal. Somebody gets shot. Period. It's not public land. It's public land. Yeah, somebody gets shot. Period. Private Every land. year, getting mistaked. Public, private hunting. Somebody gets shot. Uh, Nobody in Florida. What's what I'm saying? At somewhere, every year it happens. There's the, 320 million people. Exactly, but I'm not going to enter the woods and not like not act like I can't be that one statistic. No, that's true. Well, it's kind of hard. You, that's why you wear orange. Yeah. But man has, uh, other than William's buck, which I feel like we did a pretty, we, 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 that was a, there was some skill involved in that one. Let me tell you all something. When I got that picture, I was, I felt like a proud dad. I was so excited <laughs> because, because like, like I said, over the last year or so, like I got to know these guys and, and I realized how much time and effort they put in the last, you know, they go out there to do that. That's not an easy task. It's not easy to get it done the way you guys did it. With little to no help on anything, you guys literally put in your time, put in your effort, got it done. Not only got it done, it's not like you shot a 10-inch spike. Like It was it was a good Florida deer. Yeah. I'd, I'd shoot the Florida deer all day long. And I was I was pumped. Oh, you were pumped. I was pumped. I was I was. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I put it. I didn't shoot the deer, and I was excited <laughs> as hell. <laughs> I was gonna say, man, this was a hunt that. Uh, did you get it on a redraw? I did. Okay, so we we so got listen, it on. Okay, I still have two preference points for that hunt because I, I drew it on a redraw. I do too. Right. So I've I, I've tried two years in a row to draw it on the initial draw and haven't and haven't drawn it. And then I jumped on, you know, on a Tuesday and saw it was open for redraw. And so I put in and it was like, here, you need to pay 30 bucks. And I was like, wait a minute. I paid my 30 bucks. It's like, you got the permit. And I was like, Jordan, get this permit right now. It's available. And he got it too. Because it's it's one of those uh, special opportunity, whatever you want to call it. You can't take a guest, right? That's it. Yeah. You have to have the permit or you can't go at all. And had honestly had Jordan not drawn it, I really wouldn't have been able to go because we were only able to access the area that we hunted via boat. But you couldn't any of the areas for that hunt you could only access by boat. Yeah. There was no drive in access. So Jordan got it, we accessed it by boat. He scouted it. I did. I he did, did a pretty it. garbage scar- yeah, job okay. of scouting. I'm glad it. you said that yeah. because I, I, I did a know. pretty garbage job, but I still knew. <laughs> I, I I put enough time into it that I knew 
the lay of the land on the island, which really helped us it there. Sound, it sounds like you put in as much time as the garbage man. Listen, my <laughs> garbage man that doesn't come. Anyway. No, but I, you got to admit, I knew, I knew the lay of the land, and when you were like, where should we go? I was like, listen... What like when we first set foot on yeah, the island? Jordan we was know. like, "We should go right here on the island," and we killed him on the opposite side. No, 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 no. I said the open area. <laughs> Remember, I was like, "I think this open area right here is going to be a good central point for us to sit somewhere near." And so, how far for we from that open area? Okay, so the open area is also like two hundred and sixty acres. No, no, no. I meant the one open area in the in the hardwoods. Oh, okay, yeah, no, we weren't. Uh, maybe 200 yards. Yeah. Um, but Jordan scouted this place and was like, this is our easiest way into the island. And, uh, we fought, oh, tooth and nail to get in there from the way we came in the first time. We get out there and we, we couldn't really hunt the first morning because it was, I mean, absolutely pouring rain. And I was like, dude, I, I'm not. So we waited for the rain to pass, and it wasn't really the, so much as hunting in the rain as much as, as it was, we're going about to drive this boat through the pouring rain. Yeah. Uh, Which so I we, think paid off for us, though, too. It did. We got out there a little late. We could see everything in the daylight, moved across to the opposite side of where we parked, and I was like, hey, let's see where this trail goes. I asked Jordan before that. We, I was like, we have saw a deer that making our way there. I've heard, said, I've heard this like three times, and it cracks me up every I said, time. I said... <laughs> Did you take your boat all the way around the island? Yeah. Yes. That's like that's the typical little brother answer. Absolutely, I did. Yes. Did yeah. it because you asked him to do that, right? Yeah. Drive all the way around, and he got half. No, he didn't like, ask me to enough. do shit. He he didn't ask me. He didn't even ask me to scout this fucker. I just took it upon myself to do it. Okay, because I was like, this is the the this weekend, the weekend of the hunt was the weekend before his birthday. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to try and do William a solid and find a deer on this because this is not terribly far from my house. So I can get off work and spend 45 minutes here every day. So question, how much... I, I obviously got the one day of scouting or whatever, a couple hours. Like three days, but yeah. Not three whole days though, right? No. Like afternoon hours? Yeah. Okay. Maybe so- 30 minutes piece. Okay, she had an hour and a half. (laughs) But my whole thing is like, this is that's what I'm saying. It comes down to the fact that ninety percent of people that hunt in the state of Florida is like, you know what? We're just gonna show up and hunt, right? Oh, dude, that hour and a half makes a huge difference because you got to see what you're walking into. All right, hold up. (laughs) Somewhat, yeah. Time that out right there because oh, Jiminy Christmas, where where we came in at. We probably could have killed a deer there had we had more than a few days because there was plenty of deer sign on that side of the island. We moved to the opposite side of the island, and that's when I was like, hey, let's see where this road goes. We figured out it's a road all the way to the river, and we can bring the boat in there without having to walk through water. Yeah, but I think stop, had I had I never... It. Yeah. Stop <laughs> Now, yeah. that being said, on that same day, we found a spot. I was like, damn, that's a good spot. Dude's already got to stand here. Can't hunt here. And then we moved off from that. That afternoon was when we bumped probably that buck that I shot uh, two days later. Because di- we didn't hunt. We had three days, and we didn't hunt Saturday. So how how far was it from the time you got the permit to the time you, that you got to hunt? We hunted the, the, the 
the first day of the hunt. No, I know that, but I'm saying like when you drew the permit. I honestly don't remember because it wasn't it wasn't like we drew it in an initial draw where well, we that's had what I'm saying. You said there. it was on a secondary, I, right? Maybe or a third? maybe a month, month and a half. So you had a month in between, right? Okay, but uh, we also had other hunts. But well, well, I knew it that. Maybe a little bit longer than that. So we had like other permit we, hunts. We drew, no, that's not true. <laughs> we drew it before deer season, so we had a couple months. It wasn't deer season yet. We knew before deer season started period in September that we had that hunt in, in the end of October. Okay. Yeah. We had two other hunts though that we hunted too. Right. So that being said, when we moved over there, we bumped a deer the first afternoon and sat in our climbers. We bumped that deer said, we're not going any further. We don't want to push this deer. We're going to sit right here. Sat till the evening closed out. I would say that, that deer that we bumped, which is most, we assume is the deer that he killed. When it jumped, as soon as it, I mean, it stood up and went, I mean, we didn't put more than five seconds worth of eyes on it. I said, instantly, racked buck. Your hunt could have been over really quick if y'all had just been prepared. I mean, it was gone. As soon as, <laughs> well, soon as, no, as, soon I mean, as we saw was, it, it was gone. Yeah, yeah. the deer was 100, 150 yards out. When yeah, oh, but, but as soon as I saw it 150 yards out, I said, racked buck. So you guys like, didn't good run like, rack no buck. camera in there, no nothing? No. No. Oh, dude. That, so see, we I missed stopped. that part. I missed that 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 kind of hunting. We stopped there, seriously, and said, "Put stands on trees. Quit moving. We're gonna sit here tonight." And saw nothing. The plan was initially because we knew we weren't coming back Saturday. Because I went to Monster Jam with my son. I was like, "Dude, I'm not gonna risk ruining not being there because yeah. your boat breaks down or whatever other reason." And we missed this opportunity, so I skipped Saturday. And thank God I left my stand on the tree Friday afternoon because I got home at 11 o'clock, got to wake up at 3 a.m. to get there. Like, dude, I'm four hours of sleep. I woke up and I'm sitting on the edge of my bed like. Do I really need to go? Do I? Yeah. Do I really have to go? There was a day like I can go this afternoon. I was like, no. Those no. are the days you have to. You have listen, people. If you listen to anything, you have to push through the waking <laughs> yeah. up because if you do, it's probably going to be the best day you ever hunted. Dude, ever. I, I, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie to you. I was so tired when we stopped at the gas station to get gas in Jordan's boat. I was like, dude. I'm going to buy the gas in the boat and you buy the energy drinks because if I go to buy the energy drinks, I'm going to buy an eight ball off that crackhead by the door because I need to stay awake. <laughs> <laughs> and we're uh, in... At, oh, well, yeah. Never mind. I won't say that. Uh, yeah. And, no. uh, yeah. <laughs> we were available. in an area where the crackhead probably had an eight ball on him. Absolutely. <laughs> Jordan told him good morning. He said good afternoon. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, no. I, what happened was I. it was a crackhead lady... And I was like, how are you doing this morning? She said, I'm doing all right. She said, is that boat camouflage? No, ma'am. I said... Oh, just banged yeah, up a little bit, it's ma'am. It's brown. I said, yes, ma'am. And she was like, well, I can't even... What she said, she's something like, I can't even see it from here. And I was like... Then how'd you know it was camouflage? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I should have said... What I should have said is what boat? Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, we uh, we got out there, fought out there, and Jordan had planned to move further down from me, and he was like, "I'm too tired. I'm just gonna sit right here." And smart it, man. And I no, I don't. I I feel like if he had have moved past me, he could have bumped that deer, and I never would have saw it because it could. It had to be bedded just inside the just inside the uh, the thick woods because it came out right on the edge, and I saw it once before, probably ten minutes before it stepped out the second time, and I was able to shoot him. 
so he wasn't that deep in there. But it was, uh, I, I would say, 90% luck and, and 10% planning ahead. What did I say earlier? Skill. Yeah. I take I take being lucky over being good any day of the Dude, week. Dude, and I, I tell you what, I've listened to some other podcasts of a, of a guy that owns a tree stand company, and he's an extremely smart guy, killed some really great bucks, and he does still to this day what he calls a bump and dump. Yes, absolutely. Look at the, watch the hunting public; they do it all the time. Yeah. So, they bump them in the morning, kill them in the afternoon. I, what me and William did to me, other people may classify it other way, and I didn't. We didn't even mean to do it. We did a bump and dump. Yeah, you never do it on purpose. You never walk in there going, "Man, I hope there's a big buck in here. I'm going to jump him." But when you do, but he does, though. But I'm saying he doesn't go. Hey, he's in that bottom. Let me go jump him. No, but it's it's how you do it though. I yeah. mean, if you if you if you walk and walk up and that deer is blowing like crazy and hauling ass, he's gone. Yeah, it's different. There's oh, there's but different ways to, to do it. it. If you yeah. yeah, if you hear him move him up, moving off and and you see him give that one or two bounds, and then they kind of trot off like. He's just getting out of dodge. He's not sure you're. He doesn't know what it is. He just don't he want to be. He has no there. idea what he'll just be back. Hundred percent. I agree. 100%. You've only triggered one of the three senses. Yeah. So, you trigger two, they're gone for good. You trigger one, they might come back. Like I said, uh, if you really look at it, it's it's all about their reaction, right? If they jump and they, like you said, they just tear ass and they're gone. It might take them a handful of days before they come back. You know, but. At the same time, deer are habitual animals. They're going to do the same things that they've done until you alter their habits. Right. That's that's like when you like when I shot that deer with my bow. It took him 15 days to show back up on a camera that he was there almost every day. But I changed his habits. Well, yeah, you shot him. Well, I <laughs> but I'm saying I got into his bedroom. There's no telling. He could have got down to that bottom, and when I went to blood trim, I could have bumped him again. You know, I mean, there's no telling, but I think there's, like you said, there's an art to it. It's, you walk like a deer when you're walking through the woods, you're taking your sweet time. And when you do bump one, you get down, you look as small as possible. And he's like, oh, there's a a blob over there on the ground, but something's not right. Buck, bucks are going to know something's not right. So they're going to bound off. 90% of the time when I bump a deer in the woods... They'll bound off 70, 80 feet, stop and turn and look. Right. I those suspect, deer those deer you can kill. I suspect 100%. there's a lot of times you bump deer and you don't even know it. I have no idea. Because if you've ever if you've ever watched and you've seen a deer come in, especially if they have to cross your trail, um, or especially if they're responding to calls or something like that, you know, um and, and they're and they're coming in and they're they're looking for that doe because they've heard that, and, and maybe they've picked up a little estrus scent you've left. They're coming in probably because they're like, well, I know that sounds like a doe, but they're, she's mouthy, right? You know, because you're calling yeah. too much. Something, and they're coming in slowly because it's like, well, I'm hard up and maybe she's there. That's that, and, but six, then all of a sudden that they, sixth sense. They hit your scent. Every time. They hit your scent, they hit your trail or whatever, and they don't bound off, but they'll, they just, you see them hit, come down to the trail, 
and they're looking up and they're looking around, nose back down to the trail, and they're looking up and they're looking around. And sometimes they're like, nah, and they don't go running off. They just turn and they slowly go back the way they came. A lot of times that's when you shoot them, right? But so how many times, if they're kind of out there doing their thing, or if, one more story about that. If you've ever seen a deer way off at a distance, you're like, oh, buck. And maybe catch a glimpse of them, but you can't get a shot on it. But you're in the area and you just wait and all of a sudden you catch them slowly moving through the woods. They're not, they're not there jogging, right? They're just doing their thing. They feed a little bit, take a dump, walk around, see who's in the neighborhood. But if you change anything, they don't run off, they move off. So how many times as you're slowly moving through the woods, do they just move off? Maybe they don't want to fight that day. And the only thing, if I was a deer, the first thing I would think would be coming through the deer making noise is another deer. And if he's making that much noise and I'm not feeling up for it, I'm leaving. The main thing with them is they can't, they can't smell that. They can smell you before they see them. You know what I mean? It, if they're playing the wind, right, especially yeah. a mature deer. If you called a mature deer, I promise you 99.9% of the time he's not going to bull rush your tree. He's going to make a big ass circle and he's going to get downwind and he's going to smell your sweaty ass. <laughs> you're not going to get a shot at him because that, and unless, I mean, you're hunting Midwest or West Virginia or, you know, being, especially in Florida, I've, I've, I've tried to call deer in Florida. They're petrified <laughs> because they just don't, they just don't have the rut activity or like the fighting and the stuff that normal, you know, deer all over the country have. So I always love it. I always tell people, I'm like, you know why it's so hard to kill a deer in the bedding area? Think about it. I walked in your house. And well, I, and I took, why is it a bedding area? Things don't bug me They here. don't change. Yeah. So this is what I always give to people the analogy, especially people that don't hunt. If I came in your house and I took your kitchen table out and I replaced it with another kitchen table that looked completely different, would you notice? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I tell you another Beer thing too is when you when it comes to scent, if if you came in uh to my house and you took a shit, like a nasty shit in my bathroom and I come in the house George's gonna go in there and sniff the bowl. Yeah. I'm gonna come in the house <laughs> I, I'm gonna come in the house a couple hours later and go Who in the <laughs> Hold on a second. Yeah. I'm coming in the house, I'm going, hot. Damn, that stinks! Like speaking of, I got work near your house tomorrow, and I got a key. So <laughs> yeah, I'm like God, damn. upper decker. Yeah, <laughs> that's the only reason he's got a key to my house. He's like, hey, you got a spare key because I need to. Uh, there's I, not. I a, need a there's good... not a decent bathroom in Umatilla. So. Hey, if, if you lose your spare key, I know where their one is. Yeah, right. he knows where it is too. I think I have had all my work key ring. Stop! <laughs> yeah, so, right here. Hang on. Hang on. So, Literally. but uh, but you know what I mean. Like, if you walk in my house and take a nasty dump in my bathroom, I'm gonna walk in and go. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> I, I'm gonna walk in my bathroom and go, dude. Somebody shit in my house. But that's what I'm saying. It, it's and you gotta think they, the scent that the scent they have and the way they see is way better than we can. So if someone farts sideways, they got you. They do, man. They're pretty. Well, pretty sense driven. We got we got to wrap this one up. Yeah, say gentlemen, some of us got to be there, up at three o'clock in the morning. There's like fifty percent of us that don't have to go to work tomorrow who are going to go shoot some ducks. So it's a guys, work day. Mm. We're just shooting ducks before work. Yeah, like I said, uh, uh, I'm still going to shoot do ducks anyway. Uh, you got any closing thoughts? 
I'm good. I'm here. <laughs> Man, uh, put the work in. My closing thoughts is uh, if you want it, you got you got to be willing to take it. On that note, my closing thoughts are be be lucky, not good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it'll get, it'll pay off way better than you know just, just if being you good. especially in the state of Florida. If you want it, you got to take it, man. And I've seen something today on uh, on a uh, a Florida forum via Facebook where somebody said, uh, "Man, there's not a lot of public hunting." Um, like media in the state of Florida. You want it next year? Under Pressure Outdoor is going to have it. Go to YouTube next year. We'll be there. Public hunting. So, whether it be duck, squirrel, man, we're going to be all over it. Yep. Blurred backgrounds and all. Yeah. We're going to cover <laughs> it. I, I'll give you this. Uh, I, I'm not going to beg you, but I'll ask you one more time. Uh, please leave us a review on your listening platform, uh, preferably Apple podcasts. If you are there and, uh, join the under pressure outdoors nation on Facebook, because I'm dying to give away this GPS and these decoys. Uh, the only thing holding me back is, uh, we got to get 2000 members. Yeah. I'm going to say too, obviously we have listeners in Spain cause we made it somewhere in Spain. If you're in Spain, join the nation too. Dad gum, man. I want some international friends. I'll come up with you in Spain. Por favor. Yeah. yeah, we'll come hot ibex. I'll use oh, yeah, I'll yeah, use yeah, Google yeah. Translate and and talk to you. I don't care. Join uh, it. I have to do a lot of training to get in, in some of them Spain mountains, but we'll get there. Yeah, Jim. Ah, nothing sage, man. Learning to cook. Learn, Learn to, to cook. make foie like gras. Everything. Yeah, because Jim, Jim, Not gonna got, lie. Jim got me to eat liver tonight, and I hate liver with a burning and passion. There's a bowl of liver, but that's I guarantee gone. You I it, ate half, no, yeah, half no, a bowl I of that ate, liver. I ate more liver than I planned to. Poldu foie gras, whatever that is, that that's, stuff. That was coot. Poldu is coot. That's even that's even better. Yeah. It's like oh, it's not yeah, some fancy bird. No, straight out the marsh, baby. Straight old trash chicken. Yeah. yeah, trash chicken. Love got the, heart, got the hearts and gizzards. I love hearts that. and gizzards in a pickle. Waterfowl, public oh lands, goodness. finest. Under pressure outdoors needs to come out with a T-shirt that says "trash chicken" with a coot on it. it I, you're welcome. Let's do. We're that. gonna edit that out and come out. Justin Olson, I'll leave it in there. <laughs> you're welcome. We'll trash catch you guys next week, Hunter. Thanks for joining us. Anytime, man.